there and hopefully you enjoyed that little video and just kind of shines light into the season that we're in, right? Well, happy Mother's Day and I've always wanted to say this, but hi mom. I'm on TV, mom. Hi. I did it. Life goal complete. Bucket list check off. Well, this morning, um, we're going to sing a couple of songs of worship right now. And then um, Pastor Kate has the message today. And then there's a few special elements within her message that um, we're lo really looking forward to. And so um, stay tuned to the whole time. And um, again, we're just blessed that you are joining with us during these online services. And um, hopefully they've been a blessing to you. They've been a blessing to us just still doing them and, and um, still connecting with you in a creative way. So I'm going to pray for us and then we'll get going. Well, Lord Jesus, we just give you all the glory and all the power, Lord. Uh, open our hearts and our minds today as we um, hear from your word. And let it be an encouragement. Let it be a challenge as well, Lord Jesus. And so, God, we just give you all these things. In your name, amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb Till I met you
casting this out. The enemy be defeated. Amen. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows how to triumph. Oh my God, will never fail. Oh my God, will never fail. I'm gonna see victory. I'm gonna see victory. song and um, there's huge power in those words amen that we will see a victory that we will see a victory through Jesus in all things and I'm definitely believing that we'll see a victory over this coronavirus and over just things that are happening that people will be healed and people will be taken care of but I think we're also gonna see victory in other ways in our own pride we're in a victory in Jesus where in this season of opinions, in this season of um, contention, and even coming into an election season, it's just all going to boil together and it's going to get hard. It's going to get a little nasty and, and I think um, we have to just humble ourselves. 
We have to show a life like Christ would show and show love for one another, but that we surrender who we are and surrender um, things that maybe are kind of just seated deep down inside and give them over to the Lord. And that is victory right there. That is victory when we say, Lord, it's not my way, but it's your way. And I want to encourage us as a church family and as brothers and sisters in Christ that we model the love of Jesus outwardly. That we die to ourselves and we humble ourselves before the Lord. And that there is victory, those small victories that are huge in our lives. And others will see that as, wow, like God is working in that person's life. And that we would admit to the wrongs, that we would admit to maybe our own flesh getting in the way of something that maybe we post on social media or a conversation we have. And we get frustrated and we get angry. And those are real emotions. They're emotions that the Lord gives us but then how we act out those emotions and um, where our heart is at in them. And I believe that there's victory when we submit ourselves to Jesus. We submit ourselves to his, his love. And that's where we'll see some victory. And that'll just really come out big in our culture. And people will start to continue to turn themselves over to who Jesus is. So let's sing that again. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you. out. The enemy's been defeated. The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. Lift our voice in victory. Gonna make your praises loud. The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. Lift our voice in victory. situation of our life, that it be you who is magnified, you who is glorified, not our own ambitions, not our own wants and needs, but yours, Lord, and your love and your truth. Jesus, again, open our hearts and our minds, Holy Spirit, for today's message, for the encouragement you're going to bring through your word truth that you're going to bring in your word, Lord. Help us to love our neighbors. Help us to be witnesses, to show kindness, and to show humility. Lord God, we again are so thankful on a day that we're honoring moms. We're thankful for those who have cared for us, our physical mothers, but for a lot of us, those spiritual moms as well. 
who have prayed over us, who have helped us, who have guided our steps. Lord, we give you praise and thanks for them and bless them on this day. Pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Teeny Faith Center's online gathering. I'm Pastor Mark, and in our normal gatherings when we were together, this would be the time in our service where we would worship the Lord with our giving. And so I just want to remind you that this is an opportunity to do that. I also want to say thank you. Thank you so much for just being a part of Teeny Faith Center, for honoring the Lord with your giving, and for helping support us as a church do the things in our community that we love to do. You can give in three ways. You can give online at our website at teenyfaithcenter.org. You can text to give, and those instructions will be on the screen. Or you can give the old-fashioned way, and you can just send a check in via an envelope to the church office at 300 North 2nd, Cheney, Washington. I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. And thanks for being in our lives. Thanks for being an influence in our lives and for helping us become the people that we are today. We couldn't have done it without you, so thank you. This is also the time in our gathering when we would have normally said hi to one another and just given a greeting and some encouragement. We wouldn't have social distanced at all. We would have given some hugs and some handshakes. And so now we're doing a digital greeting. And I'd like us to do a digital greeting a little bit different this morning. Would you uh, take out your phone and just give a digital greeting to your mom or maybe your grandma or somebody that was a mother figure in your life? Just say thank you, encourage them, and just celebrate them today on Mother's Day. So let's take a moment and do that together. And then we're gonna watch an awesome message from Pastor Kate this morning. Have a great day. Mother's Day. We're so glad that you could join us for church today. Moms, I hope today is a day that you feel really honored and special. Remember that you are doing your work for Jesus, and I just hope so much that you sense his smile of approval and appreciation over your life today. And stay tuned because a little bit later in the message, I have some comments that I want to make specifically to, to you as a mom. Well, I'm sitting here in my front room. As I look around, our house is getting more and more bare. At the beginning of the year, we bought a house and sold this house. And the plan was for us to move into our new house in the middle of April, about three weeks ago. And then we were gonna get settled. And at the first of June, we were gonna have a big celebration for our son's graduation from high school, marks and my 25th wedding anniversary, and then also to celebrate our 15th anniversary of being pastors here in Cheney. Well, things aren't going according to plan, and all of us have had plans that have changed and we're all being affected by the coronavirus. I'm so grateful for God's grace and peace because there's been several times over the past eight weeks that I have really needed to rely on the grace and the peace of Christ. Thankfully, that's what God gives us as his followers. That was true for the first century church. It's also true for us living in the day and age, the season that we're in right now. Peter starts his letter 
1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 with these words. You are not forgotten, for you have been chosen and destined by Father God. The Holy Spirit has set you apart to be God's holy ones, obedient followers of Jesus Christ, who have been gloriously sprinkled with his blood. May God's delightful grace and peace cascade over you many times over. So Peter starts out the book of First Peter with grace and peace. And, and now as we close up the book, he also ends with grace and peace. First Peter chapter 5, verse 12. So that I might encourage you and personally testify that this is the true, dependable grace of God. Stand fast in this grace. And then verse 14, greet one another with a kiss of peace. Peace to all who are in life union with Christ. Amen. By starting his letter and ending his letter with grace and peace, Peter is telling this holy nation, this family of believers, these people who God has called out of darkness and into his glorious light, these people that are called to be obedient followers of Jesus. What he's saying to them is grace and peace is your new normal. And that's what he's saying to us as well. When you and I have surrendered our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, what he is saying is grace and peace is your new normal too. Grace and peace that fills your life, but also grace and peace that exudes out from your life. And that's the main message of, the main point of my message today, that grace and peace is the new normal for Christ followers. Peter himself experienced this grace on his life. If you'll remember when Jesus was on trial before he was crucified, Peter denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. Jesus knew that Peter was going to do this and he even prophesied to Peter in Luke chapter 22 verse 32, he says this, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this, after you have turned back to me and have been restored, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. By his grace, Jesus forgave Peter, restored him, and then Jesus gave Peter a mission to start the worldwide church of Christ, the, the, the church that you and I are a part of right now today, the global church of Christ. And as we've been reading through 1 Peter on our own, as we've been talking about it in our Zoom connections, and as we've been sharing it on the Sunday messages, we've seen what this new normal of grace and peace looks like in a believer's life. Well, this week we're in chapter five, and I wanna share with you one, one thing about what God's grace looks like in our life, and one thing about what God's peace looks like in our life. Let's start with grace. First Peter chapter five, verse five, I wanna read the second part of the verse. It says this, in every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant because God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. When I read that, I wondered, could it be that Peter, when he was writing these words, was thinking back on the night before Jesus was crucified? Remember that night when Jesus was having the Last Supper with his disciples, and then he bent over, put a a towel around his waist and started to wash the disciples' dirty feet. It's a really beautiful picture, and I want to read part of that to you today. I'm reading John chapter 13, starting with verse 1 through 8, and then we'll read a couple, chapter, a couple verses after that. Jesus knew that the night before Passover would be his last night on earth before leaving this world to return to the Father's side. 
all throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. Before their evening meal had begun, the accuser had already planted betrayal into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now Jesus was fully aware that the Father had placed all things under his control, for he had come from God and was about to go back to be with him. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet and dry them with his towel. But when Jesus got to Simon Peter, he objected and said, I can't let you wash my dirty feet. You're my Lord. Jesus replied, you don't understand yet the meaning of what I'm doing, but soon it will be clear to you. Peter looked at Jesus and said, you'll never wash my dirty feet, never. But Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, Jesus responded, then you will not be able to share life with me. There's a little bit more of an exchange that goes on here between Jesus and Peter. And then picking up in verse 12, it says, after washing their feet, he put his robe on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I just did? Jesus said, you've called me your teacher and Lord, and you're right for that's what I am. That's who I am. So if I'm your teacher and Lord and have just washed your dirty feet, then you should follow the example that I've set for you and wash one another's dirty feet. Now do for each other what I have just done for you. I speak to you timeless truth. A servant is not superior to his master, and an apostle is never greater than the one who sent him. So now, put into practice what I have done for you, and you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. Did you notice in this narrative that Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and as he did, he didn't pause or give second thought or skip over Peter, who he knew and who he had prophesied would deny him three times. Okay, maybe that's understandable, but what is really mind-blowing is when he got to Judas's feet, he knew that Judas would not just deny him, but he would out and out betray him turn his life over to his enemies for 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus knelt down and continued to wash the feet of Judas, the betrayer. This teaches us an important lesson about humility, and it's this. Humility in serving others isn't about whether they deserve it or not. Humility in serving others isn't based on how they treat us. Humility and serving others is not about whether they're worthy or not. It's simply about being like Jesus. You'll notice verse 16 here, Jesus says, I speak to you timeless truth. A servant is not superior to his master. We are Jesus's servants. He is our master. And if Jesus knelt over and washed a betrayer's feet, washed a dear friend's feet who would just in a few moments deny him, that's exactly what we're called to as Christ followers as well. Here's the thing. This scripture tells us that God is not for us when we're full of pride. Remember, it says here that God opposes the proud but multiplies grace and favor when you're humble. There's a simple definition of pride that I think of, and it, it's just this. Pride is when I make choices or decisions based on what I want, based on um, what's good for me, rather than on what God wants. And this scripture here, in addition to Proverbs 3:34 and James 4, 6, tells us that God actually resists us or opposes us when we're proud. 
I don't want to, to have God um, resisting me in, in any way, shape, or form. I want him to be for me. And he is for us. And one of the things that allows him to continue to be for us is when we choose to be humble, when we are humble people. And it even says that he multiplies grace and favor over our lives when we are humble. Now, humility is really foreign to the flesh. We don't exit the womb with a humble spirit. In fact, it, it's all about what's best for me, my needs, my rights, my way of doing things, my desires. But when my life is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, he gives me the grace, the ability to be humble. Have you ever noticed that there's a real special and beautiful grace that rests upon humble people? People who serve um, without care of who gets the credit, people who serve without wanting to be recognized, those are the people that, that God puts special grace upon their lives. I want you to know that I've been so amazed by Cheney Face Center church staff during this time. They are truly humble people that, that serve just in that way that I said. They serve um, without care of recognition. They serve wanting Jesus to be glorified. And because of that, God's grace is upon their life. God's favor is upon their life. That's the kind of life that I want to live. And I hope that it's the kind of life that you want to live as well, because that's what God has called you to as his follower, is to be a humble servant that serves Jesus, that serves others, that washes gross, dirty feet, that do, does the tasks that no one else wants to do in quarantine, that serves in your workplace, doing the jobs no one else wants to do. That's true humility and God's grace is on your life when you choose to do that. Now, it seems really counterintuitive, but verse 6 of 1 Peter 5 says that when you wrap yourself with an apron of a servant, God will eventually exalt you. Because in God's economy, humility is the pathway to greatness. God gives grace to you when you are humble. This would be a really great time for you to just pause the video and ask yourself the following question. Who is God asking me to serve in humility? And then how can I do that? If you're watching this with someone, I, I encourage you to just pause this video and take a few minutes to talk about this. Okay, so we talked about who God is asking us to serve in humility and how we're going to do that. And I hope that you will hold each other accountable to that this week. Let's move on to 1 Peter um, chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 shows us how grace is the new normal for us as believers as we serve in humility. Now let's go to 1 Peter 5, 7. It shows us what peace looks like for us as a new normal for us as Christ's followers. 1 Peter 5, 7. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. What a timely scripture for us right now. Isn't, isn't this just so good, so timely? I find it really beautifully amazing that not only did God place my sin upon Jesus, but he also wants me to place my worries, my cares, my concerns at the feet of Jesus. He wants Jesus to carry them. I remember when I was engaged and there was a family friend of the Postumas who wanted to make me a custom-made wedding dress. That was such a beautiful gift that was given to me. And I remember when the woman took my measurements, she told me that I was broad-shouldered. Well, I had never known that about myself. God must have known that I needed a little bit of extra broadness in my shoulders for the ministry that he had called me to. 
but even though my shoulders may be broad for my size, they can still only carry so much. Same is true for Mark. Mark's shoulders are much bigger, much broader, much stronger, figuratively and literally, than mine. <laughs> but still, God has not asked Mark to carry all of this. The only person that's designed with strong enough, broad enough shoulders to carry it all is God, simply because he is God. What a comfort it has been for Mark and I, for the rest of the church staff as we've been leading through this time, to know that we're not called to carry it. We're called to give it to God, to pour it out, to leave it at his feet because he cares for us so very much. And the same is true for you, my friends. God is not asking you to carry the weight of your troubles, the weight of anxiety, stress, concern, either yours or anyone else's. He cares for you so very much. He doesn't want you to carry the weight of your anxieties on your own. The New International Version of the Bible, um, 1 Peter 5, 7 says it this way, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Now, any good fisherman or fisherwoman, and I hope some of you have gotten out to enjoy fishing right now, but any good fisherman and any good fisherwoman knows that when you cast a fishing line, you throw it away from you. But there's some of us who are really good at fishing for anxiety or worry, and we reel them back in time and time again. That's not the type of casting that God has in mind for us. Several years I taught through this portion of scripture and to help myself, I made an acronym for me to remember this verse out, out of the word cast, C-A-S-T. And I wanna share it in, in hopes that it would serve someone well and be helpful for you. So C stands for calm down. <laughs> One of the things about stress or anxiety is it causes us to act and react differently than we would do when we're calm. A good way to calm down is, is to stop, to take some deep breaths to calm down. You don't wanna to have to have someone come and slap you across the face to get you to calm down. We wanna be able to calm down on our own. So keep C, calm down. <laughs> then A is actively give your worries to God. So we're not just going to think about our worries. We're going to give our worries to God. Now that primarily happens through prayer. Some of the best and, and most effective prayers I've ever prayed in my life are one word prayers, help. That's what we're talking about here. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. The next letter S is stop taking them back. Leave your cares, your anxiety, your stress with, with God. And this can be one of the hardest things for me personally, probably for you too. I can give my cares to God, but then a day later, um, hours later, minutes later, I've got them right back here again. This scripture is telling us to leave our cares with God. And then the T just simply stands for trusting him trust him, and then repeat this process as often as necessary. The thing is, it takes a, a lot of repetition for something to become a habit. And in order for um, me casting my cares on the Lord, I'm gonna have to do that quite a few times before it becomes a habit in my life. And so don't get discouraged, just keep giving your concerns both big and small to God. There's nothing too big, there's nothing too small for you to hand over to him. Craig Rochelle is a pastor in Oklahoma, and his church is the church that started the YouVersion Bible app that so many of us are using and loving. And he has a great quote that says it this way, anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. So for you and I as believers, anytime we have an anxious thought, a stress, a worry, a concern, that should condition us, alert us that it's time to pray. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, and only then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When we cast our cares upon the Lord and leave them there, the peace of God comes in to guard our heart and our mind. Now let's think about that a minute. What is a guard? If I were to hire a guard, a guard protects something. And I love this word picture. It's as if once I pray to God, his very peace is comes to protect my mind, to protect my heart. He's not gonna allow anything to come in. He's gonna be protecting me. Isn't that just so tender of God? He asks us to pour our anxieties out on him so that we can experience his peace. So that peace can stand guard up here in our mind, right here in our heart. That is our new normal. The peace of God is our new normal that protects our hearts and our minds. So I wanna ask you a question. What care do you need to give to God through prayer? If you're watching this with someone, why don't you stop this, pause this for just a moment and take some time to talk about that and then take it one step further and pray. Don't just talk about it, pray about it. Let's go ahead and take a minute to do that now. Well, I want to talk just a minute to the moms who are listening. <clears throat> Some of you have probably heard me say before that I believe that besides God's love for us, there is no stronger love than the love that most moms have for their children. Now, because of this strong love, that means that we care very deeply for our kids. And by the way, can I just say, you don't have to have given birth to a child to have a mother's love for said child. There have been literally dozens of kids I love with a mother's love, even though I've only given birth to my two favorites. <laughs> now, one of the natural byproducts of caring deeply about someone is that it can lead to all kinds of concern. <laughs> And concern can lead to worry, it can lead to stress, it can ultimately lead, to, ultimately lead to fear over your children, their well-being, are they cold, are they hungry, their choices, is this decision going to harm them or hurt, hurt them or help them, and their future, what if this, what if that. Now, if left unchecked, this can lead to an all-consuming occupation where our main job as a mom is to worry. Now, sisters, I want to gently, lovingly, but firmly say this is not the purpose of mothering. Worry is not the purpose of mothering. The purpose of mothering is to love our kids, to care for them, to teach them, to train them, to disciple them, and ultimately to surrender them to God. I've had a lot of practice with this lately. It seems like just yesterday our kids were little and Mark and I were raising them in the ways of God. And now one is married and the other is getting ready to, to move away, and to graduate, move away, move on. And it's hard to let go of our kids. The, the past couple years have been full of slowly but surely releasing my kids, surrendering them to God. It made me realize that really the moment that each of those precious babies were placed in my arms was the moment that I had to start releasing them and letting them go. And it hasn't been easy, but one of the things that I have found is that the more I surrender, the more peace I experience. And that reminds me of another really great Craig Rochelle quote that I've been hanging on to lately. It says this, God can do more with your surrender than you can do with your control. And all the mamas said a hearty amen. So here's my advice from an older mom who has been through some things. 
Love your kids. Love them unconditionally. Fight for them through prayer. Teach and train them in the ways of Jesus. Contend for a relationship with them, even when and especially when things are hard. That's on you, moms. That's on you, dads, to contend for relationship with your kids. It's not up to them. It's up to you. And then finally, surrender them to God because there's truly no safer place for them to be than in the hands of God. I wanted a few other seasoned moms to share an encouraging word with you today. So let's hear what they have to say. Mother's Day to all you moms out there. I would like to encourage you with one of my favorite verses that has often encouraged me, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not get tired of doing what is right for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. I know that as a mom of young children, especially there's a lot of days when the, you're doing repetitive tasks and reading the same stories and working on the same character issues in your children. And you might feel like giving up. And I know I did at, at times. However, now that I have grown kids, a couple of them anyway, I am reaping rewards beyond my wildest imagination as these children and their spouses have become really good friends of ours. They minister to us and encourage us and they are an example of Christ to us daily. I encourage you just to lean into God's grace and unconditional love and so that you can offer that to your little ones. And remember that your perseverance and reliance on God's wisdom will shape them into people that you actually want to spend time with as adults. God bless you today. Happy Mother's Day. We appreciate you who are in the intensive years of mothering. What you give is so valuable. You care for your child's health, relationships, education, and most important, your child's faith. In so many days of imperfect mothering and imperfect children, our focus can get lost. Cast your cares on Jesus as you make your own relationship with God your top priority and your child's relationship with God your top priority for your child. As you pray faithfully for your child and live a life of godly love, you're serving God and your child in a way only you can. As a mother, you're not called to perfection, but you are called to persevere, take heart. You're doing important discipleship work. Well done. Keep your perspective, keep your sense of humor, and keep up the good work. Hi moms, happy Mother's Day. I just wanna tell you today how much you're loved, called, strengthened by God, and perfectly equipped by God to be a mom. I know at times, probably now more often, those feelings of frustration, guilt, and exhaustion are creeping in. You are filled with God-given strengths and abilities to be a mom, one of which is your superhero at giving grace to others. Please moms, it's not about everything that you're not doing or having to get things just right or all the should'ves. It's about God the Father choosing you, loving you, equipping you, knowing you are the right woman for this incredible journey of motherhood. He could have chose anyone to be the mom to your kiddos, but he didn't. He chose you because he knew that you are exactly who and what they need. So moms, stay the course, fight the lies, have grace for yourself, keep pressing in. You are enough. You are doing a great job. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I would like to encourage you with a few thoughts. First, you are not alone. God goes before you, beside you, and behind you. He's put people in your life to support you. Reach out to them, ask for prayer, share your joys and your concerns. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. God meets you right where you are at. 
Entrust your children to him and your circumstances. Pray God's word over your kids. In my Bible, in the margins, my daughter's names are written all throughout, and I have seen God's word come to fruition. Remember, this is just a season. It too shall pass. Thank God for the things that he's doing in you and the things that he is doing in the lives of your children. Also, finally, remember to smile. Remember to laugh and to just enjoy the small moments. You've got this because he's got you. Happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you, moms. Those were encouraging words for sure. As we close this message and this series on 1 Peter, I wanted to just take what we've been learning, kind of encapsulate it and put it into context of the new normal that we're all experiencing right now worldwide. There are trials, 1 Peter 1, 6. There are government mandates, 1 Peter 2, 13 to 14. There is suffering, 1 Peter 2, 21 to 23 and 1 Peter 4, 16. There is anxiety, a lot of anxiety, 1 Peter 5, 7. There is an enemy, the devil, who is on the prowl, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Yet, because grace and peace is the new normal for us as Christ followers, we are emboldened to persevere we are empowered to overcome and we are encouraged to remain faithful to Christ. That is our new normal. Grace and peace is the believer's reality no matter the circumstances. And this allows us to successfully navigate the harsh realities of any societal new normal that comes our way. God's grace is his favor that rests on your life. And God's grace gives you the ability to do hard things. We as believers can do hard things because of God's grace on our life. Things that we couldn't do on our own. Things such as living honorable lives among unbelievers, 1 Peter 2.12. Respecting and deferring to authority, 1 Peter 2.13 not retaliating when mistreated, 1 Peter 2.23, living in harmony and kindness and loving one another, 1 Peter 3.8, not repaying evil for evil or insult for insult, 1 Peter 3.9, using your gifts to serve others, 1 Peter 4.10, suffering for the name of Jesus, 1 Peter 4.16, Clothing yourself with humility, wearing the apron of a servant and washing dirty feet, 1 Peter 5, 5. Leaving your anxieties at the feet of Jesus, like we talked about today, 1 Peter 5, 7. And staying alert, sober-minded, taking a stand against the devil's schemes, 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Now in the flesh and the natural, this, this is not natural. <laughs> There's really no explanation that, that humans would be able to do this unless it was for the grace of God that rests on a, a person's life, unless the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do these things. But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit has empowered you to do these things. And that's what grace looks like in a Christian's lives, life. All of those things that I just mentioned is what grace looks like in our life. And that then allows the natural byproduct to be peace. Peace that operates in our life. Peace that flows through our life. Peace that knows that when you do things God, God's way, you can trust him with the outcome. Peace like it talks about in Isaiah that leads to quiet confidence. Peace that knows that God's got it and because he's got it, you don't have to carry it anymore. And do you know what freedom there is in that? That allows us to walk in a peace and in a freedom that is glorious. <laughs> Grace and peace is your new normal as a Christ follower. 
And we want to be those people of grace and peace. We want our speech to be so full of grace. We want whatever we post on social media to be gracious. We want to offer grace to, to the people in our lives. And we want to show up with an atmosphere of peace that is all around us. One of the things that, that we as a staff have really been talking about and endeavoring to do during this time is we want to show up with a non-anxious presence in this world. We want to show up with God's peace. We want to bring an atmosphere of peace to what's happening in this world. And that has led to some silly things. Mark and I doing some music videos, being fools for Jesus, which we have been doing together for almost 25 years. But friend, that's, that's who you and I are. We show up with an atmosphere of peace and peace is what the world needs right now. Our goal as Christ followers is for people to see Jesus in us, just like it says in Matthew 5, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works, your grace, your peace operating in and through your life. They will see your good works and, and glorify your Father in heaven. That's our goal, is for Christ to be magnified in our lives. We have a special song to close out our series. It's a new song, it's called Christ, be magnified. As you listen to it, let this be your prayer.
because it, it has some things in it that I, that I really want to be sure to pray. So would you join me in a closing prayer? God, that is our prayer. We surrender our lives as an altar to you. May we decrease and you become greater in our lives. By your grace, may we live our lives in such a way that people see you, Jesus, let us bring an atmosphere of peace to the world we're living in right now. In all we say, our do, say and do, give us grace so that our lives may honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Well, as I've been speaking, you may have made a decision to commit or recommit your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you text, I said yes, to 43506 so that we can connect with you this week and help you take a next step with Jesus? Also, as you've been listening, maybe you realize that you need to talk to someone about life or about spiritual things. And so if that's you, would you please text, I need to talk to 43506 we look forward to connecting with you this week. May God's grace and peace be your new normal as you follow him as a Christ follower, no matter what your circumstances are. Always remember that Jesus loves you very much. So do Mark and I. Happy Mother's Day, moms, and take care, take care everyone. God bless you.